Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, Alex. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me. Really excited about to kind of jump in today's story and really kind of unlocking what I think is going to be a really neat experience for everybody is that really understanding your audience and your avatar on raising money. But before we get into that, can you just expand on who you are and kind of your origin story of how you came to be and how you got in this wonderful game of multifamily? Yeah, sure thing, Corey. So I live in Denver, Colorado. I moved out here to do aerospace engineering, work for big contractor, working, you know, supporting NASA and other government big contracts and love the business, but I knew I kind of want to do other stuff in life and started looking in whatever investing I could do. And I think I was reading Kiyosaki's book, like happens to a lot of people. This was almost 20 years ago. I read that and it totally was a mind shift of looking for these cash flowing opportunities. Started buying small multifamily rentals myself. Just like a three unit was the first property. And my wife and I, we got married and she loved the real estate too. So it was really worked out great that we we're able to grow our portfolio. And over 10 years of doing the small multifamily, we kind of realized like, shoot, like we need to figure out how to scale bigger. And that's when we kind of learned about syndication. It was like five or six years ago. Tried to do it on ourself by ourselves, and it was tricky. There was a lot of new things to go from small multifamily to large, and we joined a get a mentor who helped us a lot. And yeah, 2017 we closed on our first hundred unit multifamily deal here in the Denver area. Yeah, that was exciting. And since then we've done several more, and we just sold that first one just like a month ago. So that, that first deal, can you give us a little details on it? So like, how big was it? Like, how big? What did you pay for it? Sure. Yeah. So it was in 2017 when we closed on it. It was 100 units. Aurora, Colorado is a suburb of Denver. It was 150 a door back then. So 15 million people. That was a lot per door back then. That's a pretty big project. Yeah. So, you know, we had, we partnered up with some folks to be able to yep. get our foot in the door doing these larger deals because it would have been tough to qualify for Fannie Mae loan without the partnership and even the brokers and show them, yeah, we can do this. We brought it, put a team together to help execute that. And Did you guys find that deal? Yeah. 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 It was local here. So we, we found it. Yeah. So perfect. So great for everybody listening right now. That's a big idea here is that he said he found the deal, but he realized that he didn't have all the tools. It was still new. So he just found partners to put it all together. And that's probably the most important part of this whole thing. Sometimes on your first one, just get in the deal, find a way to partner and get you don't always, you didn't probably didn't get the biggest percentage return on that project, Alex, but you still got something, right? Yeah, no, it worked out great. I mean, we, we brought a lot of value to the team and we compensated for that support. And we've continued to like, I think what you just said there is super important. We kind of moved on, started doing more deals and did our own syndications, which has been great. But now we're actually realizing like we're seeing people grow a lot bigger than us and they're doing it by forming teams and bringing together people's best strengths. So now we're partnering on a deal with some folks that we've known for a long time and going after bigger stuff than we've ever done by ourselves before again. So, so again, like there's that mind shift of like, okay, we need to be a team and support each other and go bigger and be more successful as a team than we can by ourselves. It's a real mind shift sometimes because we all think we're sometimes we're programmed to say, it's me, 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 me. I'm supposed to do it. My company, my this. And then, but the multifamily game is really played as a team sport. 
Yeah. More often than not, it's almost always a team. And my biggest thing is I always say do deals, not partnerships, right? Like do deals that make sense with other people that want to do deals with, but don't always lock yourself into like, we always got to do every deal together. I think that's a bad no-no, right? Mm -hmm. But be open, right? And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done in your history. So you kept that for how many years, that first project? About four and a half. Four and a half years. So we had a five-year business plan. Property is performing great. It was like debatable if we should sell or just hold because it's you know cash flowing well and good upside. The market's been so hot, but they had multiple reasons. It was like okay, it's time to sell. And yeah, what did you guys sell it for? Twenty-seven point six. Oh, beautiful! So it almost doubled, right? Yeah, property almost doubled. And yeah, investors got passive investors got. 10% cash flow while we held it every quarter we did distributions and the total return was like a 3.25 multiple on their money. So oh, wow. that was wow. a great, great deal and fun project and we're excited to just keep doing this. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. Yeah, everybody wins, right? Uh So you win, they win, everybody wins. And it's like, well, let's do more of that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's a great story, by the way. Like, That's kind of the power of holding properties, right? If you buy them and hold them, usually the market, and now we're in a kind of a crazy, extraordinary market where values are really going up. But I've always found that the if you hold them long enough, there's always some good things that happen. Yeah, for sure. It's great finding value-add deals where you can have a really solid forced appreciation play. I love that. When we started this business 15 years ago, we did a little bit of fix and flip and we bought a single family home and hired contractors. It was a pain. Finally got it fixed up. It took way longer, way over budget. We're new to the business. And we sold it. We made a little bit. We're happy to be done with it. And then like a year later, two years later, we look back like, why did we sell that? Like, <laughs> we would have made 10x what we did if we just held on to it a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So there really is magic to holding properties, right? And that is, I think, the real appeal to the multifamily game is because you can, right? And it's set up to play that way. And it seems like most people is, is right now your target horizon, that five to six year target? Is that kind of what you guys set yourself up for? Yeah, I think, you know, if it's a major value add, we kind of like to even say three to five years, the way the debt is right now and getting bridge financing, you're typically wanting to either refinance in three or four years anyway. So it's like kind of the decision point of doing that versus selling. And so yeah, five-year business plan is what we underwrite too. And there's always the potential that we'd hold longer if the market, if it made sense to. Or... Yeah, exactly. Cool. So one of the things we first started when we were before we really started the recording is you know, I was asking you, you know, hey, what are some of the key things you feel like you've done differently than a lot of other people? What was your kind of special sauce in raising capital? Because on that first deal, how much capital did you guys have to raise? Four million. That's big money coming right out of the gate, right? And one of the things you said that it was really unique, and I think this really, if you're listening, this is kind of the key to understanding how deals work and how money comes in is is understanding your capital base. So can you talk to that a little bit about what you did specifically in talking to that and what you did to create stuff? Yeah, it's kind of just knowing your audience is what we're talking about. I was telling you about my background as aerospace engineering and my customers were always, you know, NASA or other government groups. And when we did presentations on how these satellites are going to work, 
we had to justify every single number in our presentations because the consequence of having numbers incorrect is very big consequences, right? Like satellites, you can't go up and fix them easily. So if you mess something up, it's like there goes a billion dollars. And so people get very critical of your analysis. And that's kind of the thing that I brought forward. My wife, Sarah, we both have this engineering background and very analytical and for better or worse, we brought it forward to our real estate investing business where when we do our analysis on deals, we really want to justify every number that goes into the business plan as best as you can, right? You're never going to know, like no business plan is going to be correct. Like every time, like every month, you're going to be a little above or below your plan, whatever it may be, but you try and really be diligent and justifying your numbers. So when we put out a, an email to our investors or tell people about what the returns are going to be. It's like, well, let's break that down. How are we going to get these returns? It's like, okay, well, here's an overview of our analysis of our five-year cash flow model. And this is what we think the rents are going to be able to be because of the market comps and sales comps. So we really want to justify literally every number that goes into our analysis. It's like, because these are small little knobs, you can turn any one of them. And if you turn them all to make things look better, you can make any deal work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or if you're too conservative every time, you'll never get a deal. You'll never find a deal, right? Yep. So there's a balance of we want to be able to show and essentially have data that backs up our assumptions and even show the bounding values of like, hey, you know, this is kind of best case, worst case and, and show what our expected performance will be as we go forward and take all that stuff into account. So I equate that to knowing your audience and knowing like so... When you first come out, you're like, hey, listen, I'm an engineer. Most people that I know are engineers. I already think the thing should look like this. Anyways, I'm going to justify all my numbers. And that equates to a lot of people reading your pitch decks. They probably want that, right? Yes. And they expect it, probably. Exactly. We've seen it even where sometimes majority of our investors have that similar background, like the people we kind of click with the most. And we're out networking. We have a lot of engineers are my past career. A lot of people have joined us in those deals we've done from... Other engineers know other engineers, right? Yeah, yeah. So like we speak the same language and we show each other. That's kind of the way our brain works. Like my brain and my wife, as far as like getting analytical, but there are times when we use that same speak to people who don't speak that way. That's where like, we need to be better about that going forward and knowing your audience for when people... If you show them too many numbers, you're like, what is this? This is a mess. Segmenting your list a little bit, right? So like, (laughs) and so that's the other piece of this conversation too, is understanding the value of having segmented lists, right? Knowing if this audience is this way. So I want to put something in a way in a light that's good. They're going to have all that detail. Then there's other people like me that says, gosh, I just know, I don't want to know about the labor, right? I just want to know about the baby. Right. Show me. I want all the details. Right. I just want to know about like how much does it pay? Tell me it's good. Right. And so there's always a balance in between that. But as long as you're talking to your audience, it doesn't matter what that is. Right. So if you know your list segmented, it really helps to be more specific to what that audience wants to hear. Yeah. I think you've done that really well. Yeah. Yes. We're trying to grow our audience. As we do that, we want to be cognizant of who we're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to take those lessons we've learned about the pros and cons of the way we do business and the way we've seen other people figure out the best ways to share information as we go forward. And in general, it's an easy language to talk when you are able to share about the opportunities that are in this investment space and everyone gets excited about that. So it's an easy way to get started talking. It's just how much you want to get into Low level details or keep things higher level. and Yeah, or you just have the first page is the high level and the second page is all the stuff that goes in the detail, right? So you're like, 
Got that section. Let's just keep moving. All right, there's the next section. Yeah. And really, that is a lesson in marketing, too, is just trying to understand how do you talk to the most people without to get it right? You know, that's the challenge is if most of your investors are this way, then you want to write your stuff in that language more so than an audience that you don't have, right? And I think that's just understanding your avatar, who you attract the most, and there's nothing wrong with it. And everybody know, like, I resonate with my tribe. They speak my language, right? Just like Alex resonates with his tribe. Most of them speak his language. There's always outliers of that, but for the most part, we attract the people that are attracted to us, and we repel the people that are not attracted to us. And sometimes that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we always want to get it to every dollar that we can, right, Alex? Yeah, it's all good. It's, it's a fun business. You get to meet so many people of different backgrounds. And What's your favorite part of the business? I think, you know, my biggest why right now has been related to providing great returns to investors. Like, it's been really fun and rewarding to be able to help people out and get into the space who otherwise would just be sitting on cash or excited about their money market 1% return or putting their money in the stock market, but feeling like they're gambling and knowing they are. And so, yeah, that's meant a lot to be able to do that. I think when I got started in real estate, it was all about trying to like get our passive incomes to replace our income so we could kind of be financially free and and that was our big goal. And thankfully, we were able to reach that. And then it was like, okay, well, what's the next like motivation? It really is finding good opportunities for investors as well as improving communities. Like we've bought some apartment complexes that were not the most attractive and we had a vision to how to improve them. And it's been so cool to see the transformation and get the feedback from the community as far as loving living there now and high demand for new applicants wanting to come live at the property and there's a lot of rewarding aspects of the business for sure. Well, and I think that's, you hit it right nail on the head too, because when you first start out, like a lot of us do, it's like, man, I just want to replace my income. And once you do that, then your bigger why has to show up mm-hmm. because to make money, I mean, we all want to make money, but like there's a bigger calling out there, I think. And I think you've just tapped into it. It's like when you get to take the focus off of you and you put it on them, right? The people that either, you know, come into your investments or the properties at the property level where we affect people too, by creating really nice neighborhoods and places to live. That's a way bigger why. It's way more passionate to be behind that. And the end result is, yeah, we get to make more money, but it no longer is your focus on me. It's them, right? And us and we. Yeah, exactly. And that's got to feel real good. Yeah. Doing the, these, big returns from that sale we just had. That was like, the first time we did a quarterly distribution on that property. So, you know, we've been doing investing ourselves for a long time and we loved it. And the first time we got to send checks out, we're like, wow, like how exciting. And and then this big sale was like a whole nother level of... Cherry on top, right? That was cool. So look forward to doing yeah. more of those. And so I'm sure those investors are eager now to come into your next deal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of happy investors and yeah, we've been enjoying it. And we love the business, like the people we work with, you know, whether it's the brokers, it's like, it's very professional. The property managers are all great. And then all of our investors are great. It's just really fun to keep building these relationships and it's a great business. Yeah, it ebbs and flows, right? So kind of wrapping this thing up too, if you were to kind of, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do you guys see yourself 
and your company going in the next five years? Yeah, good question. That's uh, always <laughs> a good one to be thinking of. This year, we're kind of at the point of the growth in our business. We had to make some big decisions as far as are we going to keep kind of doing things. And you can see a home office here, which has been great and we love it. But are we going to start looking to hire folks and grow and be able to handle more and bring people with us on this journey, not just our investors, but other employees and stuff too. So Sarah's actually at our new office, just yeah, close by. We're setting that up and we're looking to, we have a virtual assistant, just like dipping our toes in the water as far as like getting paid support. And it's like just amazing how good these people have been helping us. But like, it's just the return on investment for us is really great. And it's, that's been really cool. And we're looking now to hire our first like, W-2 employee locally here. And so that's why we got an office space. We could all be able to powwow around the conference table and do training and go on property tours together and divvy up responsibilities and stuff. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. So it's funny, this is my year. So this uh, November, we moved into our building, right? So like a 3,000 square foot building because we were just... And the same deal. I've been doing real estate for almost 17 years out of my home office. Mm -hmm. And then there was a decision where they're like, do we finally decide to be a real company or we continue to stay small, but something's going to have to change. I got too many assets and properties that I'm responsible for to do it all myself. And we just chose, just like you, let's create a company. Let's have W-2 employees. Let's create an environment and a culture that will really thrive on what we do because we help people with their money and we help properties. What a great thing to get people excited about, right? And so that's awesome. I think you're going to have a lot of success. And I think you'll probably actually end up quadrupling whatever you think you're doing. You're going to, once you add that team and staff, it's amazing the ramp that I think it creates for growth. Yeah, yeah it's been a constant like mind shift, taking the next step of what's possible and what our expectations are, what we're comfortable with. Like just, especially coming from engineering background where it was all like, you got to, do it all yourself. It felt like as far as going through school and read Rich Dad and Poor Dad book and you like learn about people trying to do it all perfectly themselves versus like benefit from a team. And, and so yeah, just every time we like realize, okay, let's, let's have a team effort here and raise our mindset of what's possible. Then we usually, you know, achieve that. And it's like, okay, that's, so we're trying to keep growing. And it's stretching yourself too. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, right? Cause you like, Oh, that means I have to have a system. Here's the biggest challenge that I've always found is tribal knowledge, right? Everything that's in my head has to somehow magically become on paper, mm -hmm. right? And a system and a process needs to be created. And that's been one of the most challenging aspects of what we do. We do it now, tackle it every week and say, hey, is there any process maps that we need to create right now? Because we did something different, like is, or one does the one need to be updated? And so we've been really religious on that. And it's helped us, for me, get tribal knowledge out of my head and into something that's workable so other people can take it over. Because until then, then I have to do it. Yeah, that's great. So that was a big lesson for me to learn how to grow and 
and start becoming a team instead of just a me and an I. Definitely. Yep. So, any books you've been reading like lately that's really kind of juiced your just like that's a good book. Is someone I need to share that with somebody. Well, yeah, one book, How to Own Your Mind by Napoleon Hill. You've probably heard of Think and Grow Rich, yeah. a popular one out there. And so, same author, Napoleon Hill. It was really like two or three years ago, we watched the Men Who Built America series. It was Amazon or Netflix or something, but really cool yeah. documentary. Of, like Vanderbilt, Carnegie, Chase, who else? Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Yeah. It's just like all these guys, you know, who have big businesses and like really started the industries in, in America. So Napoleon Hill interviewed Carnegie and this was papers that he, from all their interviews they had before he wrote Think and Grow Rich. And it was just like, yeah, the interviews and Carnegie was telling them like the importance of how to think. Having a great idea is not enough. Like you need to have, take action and action behind it to get it done. Yeah. So the, I started the book and I've been wanting to continue with it because it's really exciting and it's just fun to read because it's like a dialogue between Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie, like just bantering back and forth about what is it like to have this mindset and what, what do you have to do to like actually go do big things. Wow. So yeah, it's just really fun to read and I, I want to keep going with it. It's very applicable to the multifamily world doing big things, right? Like, and challenging yourself and putting yourself out there. So thanks for that share. And what would you tell anybody that's maybe starting out or new? What advice would you like to give people listening on the audience right now that would maybe somewhat newer, it's a little bit green. What would you say to them about this business? I think it's super beneficial to find people to help mentor you. And you know, it doesn't have to be like a paid mentorship, but reach out to me or you or whatever, you know, people are in the business. If they're seeing people do it, like that's probably why they're interested in doing it and reach out and like talk to them and figure out ways for them to get involved. There's lots of different ways to invest in real estate from buying your own single family house or, you know, triplex and kind of managing yourself versus joining a bigger apartment syndication. And whether you're just a passive investor, or even if you're like trying to get in as being a general partner in the business, there's so many different opportunities to do real estate investing. And when folks are in the business, they can a lot of times give good advice, depending on people's situation of how best or, you know, what fits their investing philosophy going forward and how much time they have and money resources, whatever, and figure out what works for them to get started. Exactly. Well, Alex, thank you for that. So if people want to learn about more about what you do and where will they go to find you? Yeah, we have a website, regencyinvestmentgroup.com. So that has kind of our company's information on there and contact information. It's easy to like, you know, schedule a, a meetup or phone call or whatever to, to talk. And, and that's probably the best way is just our website. We're getting better at all the social media stuff, but it's slow as far as, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get there. Awesome. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. Guys, if you're listening right now, there is a journey. There's a process. And hopefully you've kind of capitalized on really learning to speak your avatar's language. Talk it to them in a way that they need to be talked to so they can understand your business plan and raising money and going forward. Like, it is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't matter where you start. You just got, you have to make up your mind to start. And guys, it really, that mindset is 99% of the game. If you believe it, you can achieve it, and your paradise is possible. <music>